0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one on one sessions in both French and English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550 and our website can be found at lifecoachdanamzalek.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our fifth episode of season 14, a special guest and career coach and expert in the hidden job market, Anish Majumbar. And just like every of my past episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Anish, the floor
1: is yours. Uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Dan, and congratulations on 14 Amazing Seasons as well. Um, Thank you. uh, Yeah, man, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, um, I um, appreciate the intro. Um, I'm a career coach uh, and an expert in the hidden job market. What what me and my team, what we uh, have been doing and what I've been doing for the last 12 years uh, has been helping people change the way that they're looking at this business of getting ahead whether it's a different job whether it's wanting something different moving to a different industry and really showing them that there's a way to do it that isn't um that isn't depressing that isn't something that instantly puts you uh up against these huge corporate interests and makes you feel like this this big um we've uh we've had a lot of success doing it but i i have to tell you you know um the journey here has been so surprising. It, this was not none of what I'm doing right now uh, was ever part of the the life story. You know, I, I grew up in Montreal, uh, Canada. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, parents who were uh, parents who were Indian um, and uh, I uh, for me acting um, specifically acting on the stage for a shy, introverted kid. That was the the first outlet that actually allowed me, you know, with a mom who had schizophrenia, it allowed me to see that, hey, you know what? like through the lens of a character through the lens of a play i could direct all of this pain this anger and and turn it into something productive that brought me on a journey towards acting towards writing and honestly it was while i was doing my main career right while i was doing this that uh you know i started working with job seekers as a sideline you know that was all it was you know i was using my branding my writing expertise uh by that point i'd been a journalist for many years uh as well uh to help people and um I don't know whether it was an accident. I don't know whether it was fate or fortuitousness. But um, I remember being on the phone with a guy who was 54 years old. Uh, He was ostensibly starting a job search. But really, this is a man who had spent two plus decades in one company, uh, was an architect. uh, And he felt like a failure. He felt like, you know, I spent two decades just focusing on the work. Mm -hmm. They took all the credit for my work. They gave me all sorts of promises of things that was going to happen. They took all of that away. And now I'm supposed to go out there and compete with people who are 20, 30 years younger than me. And uh, I look at my wife and I look at my kids and I know that I'm proud of them, but I don't feel proud. I don't feel like, like what I did were was the right moves. I feel like a fool. And um, I got off the phone with that person and I realized that this is not a resume issue. I could write him the best resume on planet earth, but that's not going to change the fundamental thing here. All I knew was that by that point, I had spent my whole life generating opportunities outside of the traditional ways of doing things, you know, figuring out ways in as a journalist, as a writer, all of this from the outside in. So I knew by that point that, there had to be some other way. There had to be a way f- to, for example, move your amazing career forward without you having to relegate yourself towards impressing gatekeepers, et cetera. And uh, it took me six years. It almost cost me everything that I had. It almost cost me my marriage. It, we were six months away from bankruptcy, six figures in debt, uh, because I had used that time to learn with every coach, with every expert. Um, and I was not willing to be bound by the linear ways of thinking that bind so many people when they come to their professional lives. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, I wanna learn from you. I don't care if you're a business development expert, I wanna learn from you. And as I did that, I started figuring out a way to teach people this stuff and figure out a way to show people who might not have an entrepreneurial bone in their body, how to take a more entrepreneurial approach to all of this and start looking at their careers, not through the lens of some dream job or some dream outcome, but a universe that you yourself can control. And that's what I found, You know, that's that, in some sense, 2000 people in, hundreds of millions of offers thing, the, the the simplicity of it is always the same, which is you are gonna find the peace and the happiness that you want, in your own humble way, not by being a superstar, you don't have to be a superstar, but you have to own your own territory. You have to own what you do. You have to own what you stand for, and you have to own your world, your universe. And within that, there can be as many opportunities and offers as you want, you know, uh, but that happens to be a very, very different way um, of looking at the future, you know, uh, and of looking at what you can contribute. So I know it's a long answer. I apologize for that, but I, oh, I, I you know, I am, <laughs> I am a bit of a nerd about this stuff because I, I've, I've definitely been on both sides of it, you know?
0: Uh, it's good to elaborate because obviously if we just give bits and pieces of information, people cannot really take all those pieces of the puzzle and make sure. a big image. So um, when you talk about people wanting to uh, become, or even if they don't have this entrepreneurial bug inside mm-hmm. them, um, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to take risk, calculated risk. Um, when it comes to a career, when it comes to people having to take care of their family, they're more adverse to taking risk because... They have to feed their family, they have to pay the mortgage, they have to do all of this. So how can you change their mindset? How can you make them believe more about their accomplishment, what they can bring to the table, what they can change their own, as you said, their own universe, taking control of their life and not letting their boss or their potential employer take control of their life? So how can you start changing that in their mind?
1: well there there is one practical thing that i believe anyone out there uh, can do to sort of shift this because you're absolutely right you know we could talk about the logistics all day but the, but this really is a mental challenge you know that that we're that, that we're that we're talking about here uh one thing that anyone can do um, i'll see this all the time when i'm looking at uh what people are putting out there a lot of times when uh people think about their brand you know uh their resume, LinkedIn, their interview strategy, you know, what you want to talk about, what's your elevator pitch, et cetera. Um, they will tend to go for one of two things. They will either tend to say, okay, I need, you know, I'm i am having an amazing conversation with, with Dr. Dan coming up in, in 30 minutes. I got to knock his socks off. Okay. So I'm going to just barrage him with every skill set that I have. You know what I mean? I do this, I do this, I can do this, I can make changes there. I could do all of that, right? That tends not to work. And, and we can talk about it. The other one is, Uh, we say to ourselves, you know what, Uh, I need to take secondhand brand authority. So I worked at Amazon three years ago, or I got this certification, you know, I'm a certified professional career coach. So I'm not, a. you know, I'm, before we even talk, I need you to know that I'm Amazon certified. I'm an Amazon programmer. I am a certified coach here. Okay. Neither of those really work because A, they're both reliant on externalities. They're gonna keep you on that rabbit rabbit hole forever. Yes, we all got into the market by trading on skills to some extent, but it's it's not gonna work. What works much better and a way to think about this that'll open it up is to say, okay, if I'm not presenting a whole bunch of skills, right? If I'm a CIO, no one cares about your tech skills. I hate to say that, but if you're a Fortune 500 CIO, I need you as a strategic partner to this business. I'm assuming you have the tech stuff, right? So how can I, look at what I do. Instead of either of those, ask yourself this, what's a process that I can stand for? What's a way that I can move any company, any organization, any individual forward using my proprietary method? Let's call it the Dan Amslag method or the Anishmajumdar method. What's my method right now that I could stand for that allows me to have a degree of impact, a degree of change that no one else can, right? So whatever you are, right, if you're a marketer, your process can be anything aligned with growth. For example, because what you're really paid for is growth, not marketing, right? If if you're talking at a career coach, things changed for me once I started thinking about resumes, LinkedIn skill sets, and I started asking, why would anyone work with me? Did people hate resumes? People hate LinkedIn. No one would interview for a second if they didn't have to. What do they want, right? And when I started asking myself that, and I started changing what I was putting out there, instead of saying like, look, look, this is what I can do, this is what I stand for. That shifted everything because, A, it allows high-level people to drop their guard. Because if you don't have one of these things going, right, if it's not clear within five seconds of meeting you or getting a first impression or even pulling you up on LinkedIn, that... you've had nothing more than a series of jobs. Okay, you can reach out to me, but what are we actually going to talk about here? I'm constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? So what it does is it establishes a degree of high-level trust. It allows you to start making moves on your own, which is so critical, right? You can start engaging. You can start building relationships all around what? Your process, right? You can start getting to know people in target industries. Why? Because you're seeing this change not happening. You're seeing a wrong that needs to be made right. And that's your entry point towards networking, towards outreach, et cetera. And so it sounds like a simple thing. People have a lot of trouble with it. It's actually one of the most challenging aspects of what I do with people because if to put an to put an analogy on it. We're used to looking at ourselves and what we can do through a fixed lens camera, right? And what I'm saying and what I'm challenging people to do is before you go out there into the marketplace, okay, it is absolutely integral, okay, that you loosen up the bolts of this camera and you start moving it around, right? If I look at this and I look at your what you can do through a very tight lens, I see a wheel, I see a vehicle, I see a bit of a thing. I'm like, okay, so that's what it is. It's a car. But if I actually pull out enough to see the role that this car is playing within this large thing, right? The role that it's playing within this race, what it has to do, and I'm able to advocate for that. Now I can talk to anyone who is impacted by the end result of what I can do. If I don't do that, I'm always going to be limited. I'm going to be limited either by, oh, you're a marketer. I have a limited idea of what marketing is. So I'm out that way, or I'm limited by a hundred other things. So if you start thinking of it that way and start asking yourself, is there a process that I can stand for that would not change, that is high enough to own all of the potential industry paths or career paths that I'm interested in right now, but is bigger than all of them, right? That is going to really, 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 I think not just change on a practical level, but I think that's a way of thinking about what you do that can grow with you, you know, and it's not something that you have to just as a little side benefit. Another thing about going that way is you don't have to do what many people do, which is they're, they they look at a job posting, they look at this, I got to change everything about me, you know, to to align with that. You don't ever have to worry about that if you're standing and owning the high ground, you know, so um, something something to think about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you you made a lot of very good point here because let's say when someone applies into the job market and they get a call for an interview, okay? So they're already pre-qualified. So they don't really need, as you just mentioned, to adapt their resume to the job ad because they already have the skills. And when they go to the job interview, they don't need to say, well, I have the certification with Amazon certification with this and all because the employee already knows they read their resume. So. But when, they, when the, the job, uh, the, the candidate goes in and they see a line of people sitting down for the same job, that already destroys their, their confidence level. It de- destroys everything in their mind because they say, now I've got to compete with the 100 of people that I'm seeing right now. So what would you encourage or what would you tell all of our listeners uh, that when you go in, just know that you have that specific skill set and focus on the things that, because no one knows what yes what other people have so yes give them that confidence to say i'm unique i'm different and i'm gonna get this job
1: yeah it's a it's a it's a great question and uh there's actually two sort of ways that you want to think about it two sort of things that you want to be doing at the same time uh the first one that'll 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 really transform this is no matter what your goals are right now really consider uh diversifying what your approach is right so so even if like the majority of what you're going out for happens to be based on, you know, job postings, traditional hiring in the interview setting, fine. Y- consider even allocating five or 10% of what you're doing every week towards um, a diversification. In other words, if you say, look, 10% of my time is gonna be invested not on pursuing the these opportunities from the job posting side, but it's gonna be pursued from, okay, based on my offer, based on my process, here are some companies I'm interested in looking at. Here are some people I'm interested in targeting. In other words, if I can use even 5 or 10% of my time to initiate dialogue and build the relationship, not based on the context of me as a job seeker or a candidate for the job, but me saying, look, we have commonality. I see parallels in what we're doing. Here's what I stand for. I think you know, us spending 30 to 40 minutes having a conversation would have massive value, right? People do this all the time. It was, it was unique to me because I didn't know how to network, but there's a whole world that. If you do even 10% of what you're doing to get ahead that way, what that's going to do is you're going to open up a channel, all job postings, all offers, right? It's all based on pain. That's really what it is. Now, The problem with the job postings is that you're catching the pain very late. They've tried to solve it a bunch of different ways. They haven't. So each time they're adding on new things that they want to see, quote unquote, in that candidate, there's more people coming in, et cetera. But that pain was there for a long, long time, right? And if you want to think about it, in your industry, the reason we say there's like eight to 10 times as much uh, uh, activity for anyone else out there, you know. Uh, conservatively speaking, is because there's tons of companies out there that are not in job posting mode for that role, but they are grappling with this pain and they're trying to solve it. So if your job is to say, look, a part of my time is going to be adding value into the lives of these people, starting the process of actually helping them without anything on the stakes, right? I'm not looking for a job here. I wouldn't know where to start, right? I'm here to to do it. You're going to put yourself in a position where through building those relationships, you're going to identify those pain points. You're going to start identifying, hey, they have a massive, massive hole in their marketing strategy. They have no way how to solve it, right? Everything that you identify outside of the bubble of job postings, you have a massive, massive advantage on, right? I mean, you the the latest stats are, if a, if a senior leader at a company vouches for you for a degree of pain that's there, that's non-existent, you have a 90% chance of getting a role there or having a role constructed for you, right? So the most important thing would be to diversify your strategy, even more than getting better at interviews and, and whatnot, it is diversifying that because once you start getting a payoff there, you'll become an addict for getting these types of roles, opportunities through this way, because it also happens to be a lot faster. Now, back at the other end, right? You can still absolutely move to a a powerful outcome there. And one of the most powerful ways you can do it is actually think the opposite of proving anything, okay? So high level people, we don't pitch, we don't present. If I have to do that for you, something has gone wrong in how I've set set things up, I've set up a thing. My goal for the interview, everyone's goal for the interview, should be exactly the same as that first goal for that meeting I just set up through a diversified approach. I'm gonna go in there, assuming 99% of what's on that job posting is complete BS, which it usually is. I'm gonna go in there with one goal and one goal only. Dr. Dan, you're setting up these interviews with me and these other candidates to try to solve something. But I know that you don't have all the answers. I know that you're flummoxed in the dark there. So rather than trying to convince or align to an incomplete set of variables that you have, my one goal is in this interview, through my questions. I'm not gonna practice answers whatsoever. I'm gonna focus 99% of my time on the questions that I ask because I wanna direct this conversation to identify those two or three aspects of what is truly driving this hire that you don't want me to know. You wanna hire, but you don't want me to know the truth because the person amongst those candidates who fully understands what is truly going on, right? I established the no liking and trust to understand, here's the truth, you don't just wanna grow when the pandemic came out 30% of your of your business got eaten out and you have no idea what to do you've tried to solve this two times both of those people got fired right this is the third go around that's going on this is the information that they don't want you to know right and your one goal in that interview i don't care if you have to step on some toes i don't care if you have to make things uncomfortable i've i've negotiated plenty of offers with people who don't perfectly get along that's not about that it's about that pain because if you don't identify that in that first go around what are you following up with? What are you what, what do you have to follow up with me on? I'm gonna follow up with you and I'm gonna say, hey, just following up. That's a, that, when I read that, I know you've got nothing, right? <laughs> the only reason I'm gonna follow up with you is because of that pain, right? So if 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 we have an amazing interview, hey, Anish, fantastic. We're gonna we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna contact you next week once we've gone through this stuff. I'm not waiting until next week. If I think that there's validity here, I might send you an email tomorrow. And what what is it gonna be about? Dr. Dan, I'm happy that we spoke. Um, I've got some serious, serious concerns about uh, what the topic of our discussion was. A, it looks like there's no marketing strategy whatsoever. Let's get beyond the the frou-frou here. There's no plan here, okay? B, you guys wanna get a facility up and running in 10 months, right? I don't see any of those things going on. C, there's nothing going on on the cultural side whatsoever, and that is critical. Based on what I've seen, that is critical to get this right. If you guys share that priority, I'm not waiting around two weeks. I'm talking with people right now. I wanna hear from you guys in the next 24 to 48 hours because we need to move with that degree of urgency to get this moving. There was Nikhil who was someone, uh, a client of ours who just negotiated a deal at Tesla. He's asking questions and the guy who ultimately became his boss literally asked him that. They're like, Nikhil, you're asking a heck of a lot of questions here. Mm -hmm. And his answer was, yeah elon wants us to get a new facility up in 11 months that has never been done before with all due respect if the people that you're talking with are not asking you these types of hardening questions they're the wrong people for it right he's in Tulsa. he he was in texas uh four days later he had the role in a week right so it's this push and pull of understanding when they want you to impress That's when you have standards. When they want you to say, hey, jump through these hoops, that's when you have to realize, hey, man, this is a negotiation here, right? And you don't know what you're doing, right? And I don't know what I'm doing either. So let's get into a place of mutual productivity and let's get into a place of mutual truth first. And I'm really looking to see also, you know, I think we all need to have more higher standards when we're out there, you know? And I think it's also very important that you ask hard-hitting questions because it it's the most powerful way to communicate to an employer, oh, wow, he, he's he been around the block. He has a clear sense of self. He has a clear sense of, of what he's going to do. And that also can really, really, really powerfully help you uh, when you're moving forward. So yeah, all very complex sort of outcomes. But really, if you want to think about it, the same kind of Approach at the end, you know what I mean. It's like let's bring you know in grade five we used to do a dance, boys on one side, girls on the other, the teachers in the middle, and we couldn't get the two sides to meet. What we're what I'm saying what I'm saying is if you put a little bit of effort in sort of being a little bit of a chaperone and sort of making people feel comfortable and people letting people say hey it's all right we can talk about this we can dive into these details you set the 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 stage up for fantastic fantastic outcomes you know.
0: So to sum it up, Anish, you would say that the candidate has to become the interviewer
1: yeah yeah i think that's i think that's true i i think i think that the for what you do you know for your zone of excellence that only you can do you're the big dog right and that doesn't mean that you're um doing this in an ego uh, fashion or trying to be abrasive or anything like that but there's a seriousness of purpose and there should be a sense of like if i'm talking to you and having a conversation about the things that only you know I'm listening to you. I'm trying to understand, and I'm holding up a mirror in some sense by sharing details and getting a little bit of your perspective. that will do everything that you need to get to that outcome because once I see a little bit of Dr. Dan's magic in real life like that, like once I actually get to get get this magic interplay and I get to see that, you don't have to talk to me about what's in your resume. You know, we might go over some of those things or whatever, but the proof is actually being created right there in that moment, right? I mean, because I, I in, in essence, I get to see you at work with those types of high level sort of stakes there, you know, and um, that took me a long time to sort of unlearn, you know, because I always thought, oh my God, I got to spiff up and I got to be, you know, I got to be, you know, the gung-ho, you know, imp- imp- impressive person there. But, you know, you can be so messy and you can mess up all of this stuff and you can still get the outcome that you want, you know, as long as they understand like, On the underneath, we're the same. And on the underneath, I understand, uh, you know, you're taking this in a way that I feel comfortable with, you know? Absolutely.
0: And now here's one question, Anish, that I want to ask you, especially being in the career field. Um, As you know, during the pandemic, we have seen what we call the great resignation.
1: Yeah. Uh, We have
0: other terminology that people use, quiet quitting. Um, Now, the employers are becoming desperate to find the right talent because people are now are saying, hey, I've been in this company for 10, 15 years. I don't feel valued. I don't feel respected. So they get up and leave. Or they just do the strict minimum for what they're being asked to do. Definitely. By quitting. So how now um, in in today's economy are the employers becoming very vulnerable in terms of finding talent? And because now we don't see many people wanting to really dedicate their life to one job. They want to bounce Mm -hmm. around. They want to travel the world. They want to do this and that. So, what's your perspective?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I do think that um, there is a little bit of it's funny because you know I first got into this business around oh eight oh nine, which is another time of of real you know stress like this. And what I've noticed, you know, on the individual side is that. Right when there's like maximum opportunities for individuals, that's when the almost the mess, the anti-messaging machine really kicks into high gear. You know, there was a lot of fear in 0809 as well, and a lot of people, uh, corporate and otherwise, who are saying, look, now isn't the time to stick your head out. Now isn't the time to do it. And I think some of that is also here right now, where uh there is a lot of fear on the on the types of, of companies, not just for will we be able to bring in enough new talent, but they also have this fear because they know like. You know, there's more of an awareness that our top talent, you know, we haven't been treating them that well for a long time and 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 they might jump ship for us right when we need them most. So the the not the trick, but the art for all of this um, and something that can really help is, you know, rather than getting very, very narrowly hemmed in and saying, OK, and I'll see this a lot. You know, people will say, look, I got 10, 15 other ways there. I'm only going to go for this industry or only full-time roles, part-time consulting. I don't even know what what the right mix is going to be for me. What I would say is make the criteria of what you're looking for, the ultimate expression of your process, what you're doing, and let the chips fall where they may in some sense in terms of how the deals themselves are structured, right? In other words, let the criteria of who you choose to work with be, be based on the type of pain the types of personalities of the people that they do i want to work with, with with the people who are here is this is this there uh, instead of letting a whole bunch of third-party ones and if you do that right the reason i'm saying that is is because you can apply a hold your feet to the fire kind of way of a way of thinking about this internally and externally and i think that's the way that, that, that you should think about it regardless of whether you're in a job right now or not or where you are in your career the same perspective should be there in other words you know that right now, uh, the number of people who have skill sets that are trying to do that are many. The number of people who stand for a degree of change are few, and they're always going to be valued. So you know that it is absolutely your market there. So with that in mind, what I would say is first and foremost, uh, if you're in a toxic situation right now, that is that is really, really um, brutal, I would say, see about leaving, see about actually leaving. And I know a lot of people would be like, well, you're gonna have a work gap, you're gonna have this. But right now, another sort of quote unquote benefit of the hard times we've we've just been through in 2020 onwards is that, especially in hiring, I've never seen people more receptive to seeing people make things up as they go. So if you have to spend some time in the ether figuring it out, maybe doing a little bit of short-term consulting, maybe doing a little bit of advisory work, which people will do, fine, that's no problem. But I think you should consider doing that rather than forcing yourself to go through another three, six months, a year plus um, at a situation. So definitely, I would say the one benefit of this great resignation period is that you should not... Uh, be putting up with something that is chronic, that is toxic, that is not going to change. Uh, you can leave, you should leave. And I think that you're going to have more than enough opportunities if you leave and very little blowback, less blowback than I've ever seen. The other thing that I would do in terms of how to make sort of hay here is to, again, just remember that um, when you're out there, when you're when you're moving through this stuff, uh, if the The work that you're doing right now, the work at your company, whatever, that's just a small representation, okay? Every job you've had is a small proof of concept of the overall. So try not to get intimidated by the fact that, hey, you know what? I know I'm ready for this, but I've never had that, right? Give people a chance. Give people a chance to get to know you. Give them a chance to um, start going into your world and start seeing it your way. And I promise you, my mantra right now Start helping individuals and put your trust in individuals right now. Because, and if you if you allow yourself to say, okay, and this is probably the hardest thing that I'm that I'm gonna invite all of your listeners to do here, okay. Effectively moving forward in your career, perhaps in your life, so much of it is about look, I don't have all the answers. I'm not gonna have all the answers. I might have 30%, but I f- I fully believe if we set a right compass towards something that we believe in we do the best that we can and we allow ourselves to figure out those things as we're actually generating, as we're actually doing it, a lot of times the outcome that we're going we're gonna to get is going to be infinitely better. So the, the most important thing I would say is no matter how busy you are, put your faith in individuals now. Uh, even if it's one person, five people in your network, right? One person that you've always wanted to get to know in a deeper sense, okay? Now's the time to really follow the thread of your intuition, your curiosity right now. Because um, betting in people is what really, truly changed my life. And looking back, I wish that I had done that sooner. You know what I mean? I wish that I had looked at my future through the lens of, oh my God, I know, I know Dr. Dan, like what the heck, forget about Indeed and Monster right now. Okay. Forget about that. Let me have a little conversation because if I can understand a little bit better of his life, I might be able to get some help in terms of what I'm doing. You know, I really put that off for a very, very, very long time in my life. And I wonder sometimes if I'm not doing the work that I'm doing now, because I'm sort of the canary in the coal mine being like, I don't care if you're an introvert. I don't care if you feel like you don't get along with people. There are members of your tribe out there. There's plenty out there, you know, but taking that step and feeling comfortable with taking that step and putting ourselves out there. That's the, that's the, that's the last scarecrow standing between it. That's so true.
0: Well, Anish, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story and advice. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 14 of the Happiness Journey podcast, filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you listened to today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. A human can be as great as he or she desires. It is possible if you believe in yourself and have the guts, commitment, passion, and competitive drive to sacrifice the minor things in life and pay the price for the things that are valuable to you. And if, like many others, are searching for rapid pleasure, don't expect anything to happen in the long run. To attain greatness, you must work on yourself, but you must also recognize that greatness comes at a cost. Attempting to continue on this voyage, being selfish will not get you very far, but working with a team that can help you achieve high status and ensuring that they all do as well is what we call collaborative success. This will boost your chance of achieving all your objectives. My name is Dr. Dan alike, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.